Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Uh, excited to have uh, Amanda Kimes, one of the owners and founders of Kimes Ranch Jeans. It's interesting. I, I first heard about Kimes Jeans, I believe, back in, uh, I think, 2013. And the first thing that struck me about them was, one, I, I dug the little steer logo that was on the pockets. And then the other cool thing about them was there was a, a, a knife pocket on the uh, on the side that actually had a little steer head on as well. So I, I thought, man, those are super cool. And, and again, everybody out there, we all do this. Uh, you can say you don't, but you know you do. We all try to like to be a little bit different, have something that somebody else doesn't have. And I thought, man, this is just a perfect thing for this. And so I, I actually called to try to, to order some. And I don't believe, I remember exactly who it was, but uh, I believe Amanda, who we've got on the show tonight, and her husband, they were gone, and I, it was either a father or father-in-law that I talked to on oh, the phone. Oh, it would have been <laughs> definitely my father-in-law, yes. Okay, so I got to know him uh, pretty well in that conversation, and I, I ordered, that's when I ordered my first Kimes jeans, and since that time now, unless you know, you've know you been living under a rock somewhere, they uh, <laughs> have grown tremendously, and uh, most recently, uh, we have seen a lot of the Kimes Ranch logo and, and jeans and uh, other things on uh, the awesome show Yellowstone, uh, as well yeah. as, as others. So um, anyway, uh, that's kind of my story, how I got introduced to them. And, and now I, uh, I live in Arizona, close to where they are located. And, and I had Rasp Design on the podcast before, and I, I, I guess they're friends of yours as well. They're our neighbors, yes. They're, they're your neighbors. Close. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, so anyway, I've, I've, and I've wanted to get Amanda on the, on the podcast for a while. So we, we finally did it. And, uh, and now I, I, I actually manage the NRS up here in Wickenburg, which is kind of a little, a, a dream job. And, and we have times jeans in here. So it's all kind of worked out the way it's, I guess it's supposed to work out. But anyway, Amanda, uh, welcome to uh, the Modern Cowboy podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very, very happy to be here today. What gave you guys the idea to start this? And, and is it, gone how you thought it would or uh, just give us some history uh, on 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 this process <laughs> well I don't know that we have enough time to go through all of that but I mean so basically we my husband and I met um, we got married in December of 2008 and in the spring of 2009 we launched Kimes Ranch Jeans and we weren't called Kimes Ranch Jeans at that time um, some of you, a very fall, a few, a few people will remember us as Longhorn Jean Company. And basically, we wanted to start something together. We wanted to start a brand. We wanted to start something that embodied who we were. You know, he and I both grew up showing horses and we're very much um, immersed into an agricultural lifestyle um, on both sides of the family. His side of the family were dairy farmers. My side of the family were cattle ranchers. 
Um, so we definitely um, wanted to incorporate that. And for some reason, we thought that jeans would be a good idea, probably because we were very naive and thought, hey, that looks easy. <laughs> well, it was not. It was not easy at all. But we definitely wanted to do that. And um, honestly, the, the reason we started with um, an, agricultural, an agricultural based product was because that was the industry we knew. We knew we could take something immediately to the market where we knew how something should fit being on a horse all day and riding or shoeing or bending over or saddling. And we knew all of those things that were important. And so that's how that was started. Um, did the brand take off in the direction we thought it would? Absolutely not. Um, I'm not even really sure we ever thought it would go anywhere. So the fact that we're still here today is really amazing and incredible. Um, but you know, it was really a lot of hard work when we started, like I said, we took it to a market that we knew and we just expected everyone to embrace us with open arms because why wouldn't they? They've known us our whole lives. They've seen us grow up. <laughs> we must know what we're doing, right? Isn't that what right. you do is you launch this product in the world and you sell everything instantly. Well, lo and behold, we brought the product to market and sold it or attempted to, and no one cared. Everyone really could have cared less that Matt and Amanda have spent all their hard-earned savings and blood, sweat, and tears into this product that they just didn't care about. It meant nothing. We hadn't established anything at that point. We hadn't built the brand, the culture. And so it really took us years to let everyone understand what we were trying to do. And that was Matt and I and our two little babies at that time in our truck and horse trailer going down the road from ranch to ranch, from event to event, from swap meet to swap meet, just trying to sell the jeans to be able to turn a profit, to be able to go make the next run of jeans that would be better, to be able to go do it again. So we truly are a grassroots story. And I think that's what people can expect from us now is that we are, you know, without sounding cliche or corny, we, we get to live the American dream. We had a dream and we had a will and we had a want and desire and we just went and, you know, stuck our head in the ground and, and pursued despite all the adversities and all of those things and built something. And um, that is what people know about us now is that we were able to kind of persevere through some really hard times. The economy was in a terrible place at that time, if you can remember. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we didn't have two nickels to rub together, but we did it. So that's really what Kimes Ranch is. Kimes Ranch is all of those things. And I think that's what, you know, the modern cowboy can really appreciate from that is all the adversities that you have to go through, whether it's in agriculture or you're a cowboy or you're a cattle rancher or you're in the dairy business, you know, all those adversities and things that you have to struggle with are really kind of something that people can resonate with our brand. Exactly. And, and also everybody can identify with that. And, and like what I always like to say here is everybody somewhere in their heart wants to be a cowboy. And when I say cowboy, that encompasses cowboy, cowgirl, everybody. And, Absolutely. and, and I think that it's, it always has been an iconic figure and still is. And it, it's just a, it's a great platform to, you know, have a brand basically run on. And it's something you said too, is I remember, I think when I first ordered your jeans, I think they were still called Longhorn jeans. I don't know if, if it would change it or not, but I, cause I remember, I remember when they were called that. And then somehow, yes. it's, mm -hmm. so, so when did you guys switch the name to Kimes Jeans or Kimes Ranch Jeans? So we launched as Kimes Jeans, gosh, it's 2019. It's been five years since okay. we've been, or six years. My timing's off. But we had kind of an evolution of names, and we don't need to get into that side of it because that's right. the, the, the not fun side of it. Right. But um, we, had, we had the opportunity to rebrand, to relaunch. Right. And at that time... Um, we were always kind of against putting our name on something because we wanted the brand to grow bigger than us. We didn't want to be held to it someday. Right. And when we had the opportunity to relaunch, 
um, it was really symbolic for us to come back as ourselves and to let everyone know that we were still here. And I think that that's when the brand really took off. And um, this past five years have truly been a whirlwind. The first five years, because we've been in business now 10 years, the first mm -hmm. five years were a struggle. It was pushing the boulder up the mountain. And right. it was, you know, it was tooth and nail. We had to fight for every cell and customer and all of those things. And when we got to relaunch this Kimes Ranch, it just started the snowball effect happen. And we've just been so fortunate. And we have such an incredible team around us that help um, build our culture and live and breathe Kimes Ranch every day. And, you know, Kimes Ranch, is, as you said, is the story and, and all of those things that I mentioned. But we truly do, you know, live and breathe and sweat family. I mean, we're a very family environment. Most of us out here, I've known my entire childhood and their parents grew up with my parents and now all the kids are here and our office is still on our ranch. So we're very fortunate that way. That's very casual and there's dogs running around and children and grandparents showing up. And it's truly just this great family environment where we get to just be around each other and be around those that we care about all day long. Yeah. So were you guys raised in Arizona? So my husband's a native. I actually um, am from the West coast. Um, spend most of my time in Oregon. However, my parents are both third generation in Arizona. So I'm kind of a native by default, if you will. So I did not grow up here, although my family's all from here. So when I moved back to Arizona after I graduated from high school, my parents followed me and we came here and I met my husband and, um, you know, all of my mom, she showed horses as well. All of her friends I'll have children and they're my friends and now we're all raising our children together. So we're, so we're a third generation friendship basically at Kimes Ranch. We're very, like I said, fortunate to have that opportunity. Yeah. Now you say, uh, did you show horses growing up too or? I did. So I showed quarter horses, American quarter horses from the time I was a little bitty girl. And now I have the opportunity to watch my kids show and that's wonderful. My mom just got a horse again and is getting back into it. Matt, my husband did the same thing. He showed as well. Um, his career is a lot more extensive than mine is. I like to think I won a lot, but he certainly takes the cake when it comes to awards he got to bring home. Um, but no, we showed horses and did all of that. So that's, although um, he's much, much older and I'm a much, much younger and, and better looking person. <laughs> yeah. We didn't know each other when we were kids just because the age group, you know, when you're a, a kid showing horses, it didn't suit. So I didn't meet Matt until I moved to Arizona when I was 18 and uh, I didn't like him at that time, actually. <laughs> it took me, it took him a while to win me over. Well, do you, you want to, do you want to expand on that a little bit or just leave it at that? <laughs> <laughs> so he, we met at a party, uh -huh. uh, like a, a dinner party and they were playing Scrabble or no, not Scrabble. Um, uh, Yahtzee. What's the game? Trivial Pursuit. Oh, it was a, was, yeah. it, that's what it was. And my husband knows everything. He's, he knows every random fact and date and everything imaginable. And he was winning, obviously, and was just, he was so smug and arrogant, and I couldn't <laughs> tolerate him. But what the most annoying part of it was, is my mother was with us at this party, and my mom fell in love with him right away <laughs> and told me how much I should date him. And, you know, I just, of course, couldn't do anything my mom said as an 18-year-old. And then it was a few years later, we were still running in similar circles and we just started dating casually and then our love blossomed. And here we are now with three kids and two dogs and the Longhorn and our business. Very cool. So yeah. was there a, uh, so you guys been in business 10 years. Was there a, a specific turning point 
you know, or, or something that happened, a significant, you know, event or something you guys did that, you know, turned that corner for you? Or was it just the culmination of five years of grinding and then it just started to grow from there? Yeah, it was. It was just, you know, people always are asking that because, you know, I think they kind of hope that the light bulb will go off and they'll see something. But it really is right. just just grind, just keep going. And um, we did have an, an issue uh, prior to relaunching Kimes Ranch where we couldn't um, couldn't produce anything for a year. And so our product basically went off the market for a year and it created a demand that we didn't have before then because the customers we did have, while there weren't many, were struggling for the product. Right. So that did help significantly that when we relaunched, and we only relaunched with two styles. We had one women's style and one men's style. But that was that kind of really created that drive because people were just so happy to have the product back. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it was just drive and determination and and go and no sleep and all of those things. I don't know if I could do it again, to be honest. We were so naive <laughs> to how things worked that we just um, pursued in spite of ourselves but looking back, there were some dark times where I'm not sure it was the wisest choice for us to keep going forward. <laughs> well, it's funny. Um, I, I, I heard Tony Robbins say one time that, that he'd asked a lot of you know, successful people that he knows, and, and himself included, if they knew what they had to go through to uh, reach the success that they'd reached, they, they don't know if they would have went through it, kind of just like what you said. <laughs> yes. No, it's, it was. You know, and it's funny, too. Um, the things that you sacrifice that you don't seem like sacrifices. I mean, we had horses and cars and all these things and the economy had hit and right. no one had any money. Nobody was lending money. Right. I mean, we truly came into a business with not, a, you know, the, the phrase isn't appropriate to say, but we had nothing. We had nothing yeah. to start the business with and we couldn't get the funding from the bank. So it was my husband sold. He had an old Lincoln. He sold yeah. his family land cruiser. We sold horses. We sold saddles. We sold trophies. It was literally yeah. anything we could do to turn that around. And then we just kept having kids on top of it, which was ill-advised. Those things, <laughs> children are expensive. Uh, <laughs> I yep. don't know what we were thinking. But we, um, you know, we did it anyway. And everybody would ask us, you know, what are you thinking? And what's your backup plan if this doesn't work? And honestly, we didn't have a plan B. We truly uh believed in this brand more than I can even explain to you. We just believed in each other and we believed in what we were doing and we knew that it would go. We just didn't know how it would get there. Um so they I don't know if there's a there's a friend I'm sure you have um his name's Nick Sarchet. He's a he's a roper here in the area. Mm-hmm. And he saw our story from the time we launched until just a few years ago and we were at the the Denver Mart at the Wisa trade show and he right. came in and we had just built this big new beautiful showroom and um he walked in and kind of got the star look in his eyes and he made this hand gesture and he goes wow you two have maintained your focus to get to this point and so now matt and i whenever things are struggling or we think we're having a bad day we tell each other to maintain the focus and that <laughs> gets us through that that moment where we're struggling <laughs> that's a good way to look at it yeah. So now you guys started with jeans, and mm-hmm. and thinking back now, I remember I, I even believe when I, when I ordered those first couple of pairs, I think they were called Longhorn jeans at the time. When did you expand into you know shirts, and and did you have caps? Back? I don't remember seeing caps back then or not. No. So we were strictly denim for right. most of our career, actually, and then 
four years ago, we launched ball caps and Mm -hmm. t-shirts. And we had no idea how fast the ball cap business would grow. If we could go back in time and just be a ball cap brand and not make jeans, that would have definitely been the course to follow because our ball cap business has just grown exponentially and it is just growing leaps and bounds. So our ball cap, and I think it's because our brand is so simple and people can recognize it from so far away right. that it just really um, does well on ball caps. And then the t-shirts obviously did well, not as strong as the ball caps by any means, but they do well. And then we launched outerwear. So now we have a lot of fleece and jackets and, you know, a puffy vest and we do a lot of button up shirts and flannels and um, our brand is really evolving and expanding as we try to expand ourselves as to not being quite so ag based, but now looking for like your customer is that modern cowboy, anybody that, you know, is driving down the streets of LA listening to country music or anybody that really resonates with that country lifestyle is definitely who our target audience is. So everything's grown a lot. And the reason that that all happened um, was because up until four years ago, Matt and I designed every garment that we had in in our, our business and we brought in a designer and then the design team. And so that has really taken, um, taken off because we've had help. We're able to bring in help now, which really, you know, makes the brand grow and, and go faster and move in the directions we need it to. Today's episode is sponsored by Modern Cowboy Performance Nutrition, the brand built on grit, determination, and perseverance. Modern Cowboy products are designed to increase stamina and strength, build lean muscle mass and promote healing and pain relief. For more information and to order products, visit our website, moderncowboy.global, and use our podcast listener special code, moderncowboy15, at checkout for 15% off all of our products and apparel. Absolutely. So <clears throat> I'm trying to think back um, who I'd, I'd seen where you know, the brand, um, prior to Yellowstone, but, but let, let's, let's just talk about Yellowstone. Uh, sure. You know, how, how did that come about? Um, you know, getting your brand on there as much as it was, uh, and did you see like a huge, you know, uh, it, you know, uptick in sales or demand or calls or anything? And just give us a kind of the backstory on that. Oh Yeah. Yeah, so we have been fortunate enough to work with Yellowstone, which for those of you that aren't familiar is um, a really popular series on the Paramount Network. And it's, um, I think it's it's one of the top five rated shows this season, if not higher, I don't know my stats on it. Um, and it has Kevin Costner on it and it has a great cast and it's directed and written um, by Taylor Sheridan, who has horses. He has quarter horses and cutting horses and reining horses. And Taylor um, approached us to be on the show right away when he decided to do it. Um, He's really good friends with our lead sales manager here. So we're very fortunate that we have that connection with him. And when he came to us for the show, we just, you know, absolutely we want to be a part of it. So we sent him whatever he needed. Now come to find out um, much later, I guess he was having a really difficult time with people believing in his vision. And so he wasn't getting a lot of support from other brands that wanted to send him product. Right. Where we just, of course, you know, no questions asked, take what you need. And he wanted, you know, used hats and vintage hats. So we found stuff that our neighbor cowboys wore and sent it to him and did whatever we could to help. 
so he became very fond of us because we were so supportive of him. Right. And it just really made for a great partnership. So we were in season one and season two, and then now we'll be in season three. Um, but season two was where you see so much great brand exposure with all of our ball caps right. on all of their actors. Um, so that was really fun. It was really interesting. The response we got, we got a little bit from season one, but season two, like I said, there was just so much more visibility and, um, people that <laughs> hadn't necessarily paid attention to us before were finally starting to, um, acknowledge us as a brand. And I think that in a lot of bigger retailers eyes it made us more legitimate right even though we've been in business for 10 years now but i think it just all of a sudden felt like we came to the party in their eyes right um the end consumer yeah it, it definitely brought a lot more um awareness to our brand from the person that wasn't in our immediate core customer the people that just watch the show that really don't have horses those people, we would get a lot of phone calls. Um, I had one in particular, uh, a gentleman called me out of New York, you know, big, thick Brooklyn accent and, or Brooklyn, uh, not anyhow, he called and was asking about the jeans and wanting to wear them and what a great show and how could he be a cowboy and would this help him be closer <laughs> to a cowboy? And it was a really fun call I was able to take. And so it was experiences like that that made it go. And then Taylor also did, I'm not sure if you watched, he did a reality show called oh, yeah. The Last Cowboy. Yes, yeah. And we were fortunate enough to be featured on that due to our endorsees. Um, and we got to go to the Run for the Million event that he held in Las Vegas just a few months ago. Yep, yep. Now, I'll tell you what, that event did more for the reigning industry in a weekend than, than I had seen happen to that event in a really long time. I think that it brought people, I mean, we were servicing people in our booth from Russia Right. from Czechoslovakia, people that had never had horses or been a part of it. They just watched this cowboy show and wanted to come and see what it was like. It was an incredible event to be a part of. Right. Well, it's funny you, you say that too, because, you know, I started this podcast a year, it was a year ago in June and we're downloading over 50 countries and I get messages from Turkey, Israel, I mean, Russia, it's crazy. And that's why it really is. Yeah. I mean, that's why I say that the, the, you know, the cowboy is such an iconic figure worldwide, just mm -hmm. not, not just in the American West, but they, it's admired worldwide. You know, I had John Grounding on the podcast and we were talking about it. And he said, uh, he goes, when I'm in China, he goes, I'm wearing a cowboy hat. He goes, they'll just look at you and smile and say American cowboy, you know, and it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a super cool deal. It really is. It's it goes back to what you were saying that everybody can resonate with being a cowboy. It's at some some point in their life. Everybody would you know wants to have a pony when they grow up. Everybody imagine riding a you know a horse across the prairie or it, it, all those things that fantasize about. But uh, you know not everybody gets to do it. And and so if you can do it vicariously either through shows or uh, your apparel or whatever it makes uh, makes life more enjoyable. Yes, it really does. It's great to be a cowboy. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. So now you guys are you guys have any time for horses now or your 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 kids? Are they involved with no. horses at all? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> yes, actually. Um our kids are involved. They ride. We have um some old rope horses that they that well rainer rope horses that they um ride on. They're starting to get involved in it. My oldest two, so I have a nine and eight and a five year old. My oldest two are definitely riding and very horse crazy. My youngest is not quite there. He mm -hmm. loves horses, but he's, you know, he can't ride by himself quite yet. Right. Um, so no, we take him to the shows. Um, when we're home, we take him to what we can. 
um, but do we ride? My husband and I, no, we don't have time to, to do anything right now, but you know what? I'm, I'm grateful for that. So I will gladly say, no, I don't have time, thankfully. Well, the, the, I'm sure there'll be more time in the future anyway. Yes. Yeah. You're, you know, you're young and still raising the, the young kids. So uh, they always yeah. take they, the, the, the kids and the business always take precedent over mom and dad's uh, activities outside. But it is pretty incredible to go and watch our children ride and show and see it through their eyes. So that, uh, you know, that absolutely takes out any of me wanting to do it for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, the other thing too, that uh, you talked about the other apparel in, in the buttons ups and stuff. Uh, and, and I saw those on the other reality show, um, the last cowboy. Last cowboy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The last cowboy. Uh, I can't remember the, the one guy's name, but he, it seemed Matt like he Mills. Was, yeah. Matt Mills. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and just the style of those, those shirts, they're, they're so uh, vintage looking to me, but then they're also so modern looking, you know what I mean? I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. you know I mean, you've helped design them, but uh, uh, I, I, yeah, but I, I really like that about, about, about those shirts he wore. Very, very cool. Well, thank you. We um, have a lot of fun making those. So now are you guys looking to venture into any other products or are you just uh gonna keep uh, mm. or is that a Always. secret <laughs> no it's not a secret it's just um no it's uh right now we're really trying to expand our outerwear brand um uh-huh. and not just you know we make jackets currently but we're looking at more of a technical side right um so you know think your 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 um like your reis and, and right. those types of places where they sell that more technical stuff yeah um that's such a growing side of things right now and I think honestly it's such a great time to meld the two worlds we've been doing a lot of the outdoor retailer shows right and the that the worlds are colliding you know agricultural worlds are colliding with the you know the winter sports and the fishing and the hunting and all of that is really kind of becoming one right and so we're really definitely trying to make sure that we're staying fresh with what's happening there not only that it's fun to do the technical side honestly because I like to wear it myself but two, it's such a fresh take on things. And they have such a forward vibe that right. it's really nice to draw inspiration from those other brands and then bring it into Western. So we can always push ourselves a little bit more forward um, than maybe some of our competition. So sometimes that bites us in the rear end, but typically we try to push forward and kind of try to really stay ahead of that trend curve. So definitely right now we're looking into a lot more technical and right. so you'll see in our fall 2020 line, there's going to be a lot of technical pieces followed by spring the, the year after that. Very cool. So obviously your, your favorite uh, uh, apparel line is going to be a Kimes Ranch, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Do you, do you have a, a, a hat brand that uh, you're super fond of or cowboy hat brand? <laughs> oh, cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, cowboy hats. Yeah. You know, we work with a lot of different hatters. Um, we work with a little bit smaller groups. We really love to work with Trent Johnson over at Greeley Hatworks. Okay. Um, we love working with Bobby, which is of Shorty's cowboy hattery, uh-huh. um, Bobby and Shorty. They do a great job. Um, we've done some work with Smithville hats up in Canada. They do fabulous oh, yeah. job. Yeah. And then, um, uh, oh gosh, there's, there's another one that I'm going to get in trouble for not dropping the name so quick yeah i actually but yeah po- no there's I, no i was gonna Go say I did, I did a podcast with uh 
one of the guys up, uh, Cody Harrison up there at Smith Built Hats in, yes. in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. I was first introduced to them this past summer. We went up for Stampede and we always shoot our spring photo shoot up there for the next right. season. Right. And he was so, um, he just gave us whatever we needed to use, but I was really impressed with their quality, their craftsmanship yeah. and how cool their stuff was. Obviously they had their very traditional yeah. pieces, but then they had some really cool pieces that you just, you know, you look cool wearing them. They were really nice. So I, I definitely became very fond of them for sure. Yeah. And, and they do, they've done a lot of hats for movies too. It's crazy. Cause they shoot a lot of Westerns up there in Canada mm -hmm. and, uh, they had a huge long list of, I mean, all, all, all the, so many great movies that and great actors that have worn their hats. Very cool. War bonnet, war bonnet, yeah. okay. the other brand that we like to work with. Okay. My goodness. That's the other one, but no. So, so yeah, we, we, we don't play favorites. We like to, um, we like to kind of work with everybody. It's, it's right. part of goes back to our culture as we find that everyone, um, there's room for everyone. So we definitely like to collaborate with other brands. Right. Very cool. Into, into creation, not competition. Yes. Well, there's room for competition too, but we'll <laughs> collaborate on any of it. But it's funny, not every brand is as inclusive as we are. We, we try to collaborate with similar brands all the time, even competitor brands, and they don't, they don't necessarily want to do that with us. Right. <laughs> but how about, no, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, how about uh, cowboy boots? You got a favorite brand of boots or? You know what? I don't. I love them all. I love yeah. I love boots. I love leather. Um, the reason I laughed so hard earlier when you said, is there anything in the works? is because people are always hitting us up for boots. And I was like, oh. please don't ask about cowboy boots. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I love boots. I love going to the private makers. Um, I love going to all the, you know, Ariat has a great line of shoes right now. Right. Hazy does a great job. Um, you know, there's a gentleman named, named Ernesto Cerna that we work with, obviously Rios and Mercedes. Those guys are wonderful. So no, I'm, I do not discriminate. I love all leather equally. And, and I don't know, I guess this might be easy for you too. Favorite uh, Western movie. Ooh, that's going to be tough. Uh, modern or traditional. Oh man, you're going to put me on the spot and this is going to be so hard because if I answer wrong, I'm never going to hear the end of it from my husband. <laughs> oh, well, there's so many. Um, you know, I think I, one that I have to say that I can appreciate the most and it's more of a modern take, I don't know how Western it is, but Dances with Wolves is always an accredited film and they really did a good job with it. It's more of like a wild type movie. Right, right, but it's it's during the time of the Old West too. I, I I thought for sure you'd say Yellowstone, but uh... well, that's a television series. You asked for movies. Okay, all right, all right. They all count. <laughs> okay, well, obviously, then I'm going to go. If you're going to you're going to open it up, I'm going to definitely say Yellowstone as a modern as a modern take on Western. Actually, it's not really it's modern just because it's new, but there's nothing modern about it. It's very raw and real. Right, right, exactly. It's just so it's set in modern times. Yes, it's just, correct. It's just said in modern times, but no, of yeah. course, Yellowstone. Yeah, of course. very cool. So, um, so we won't we won't see uh, any new products too soon. Just uh, except uh, maybe some new outerwear and no boots. Mm. No, no, no boots, no hats. We are launching in the spring five new styles of denim. Nice. So there's lots of fun stuff there coming, and then obviously our spring collection, but. And technical, but as far, you know, we really want to hone in and, and kind of be 
good at what we're doing. So we want to be, you know, the best at making jeans and the best at ball caps. And I feel like if you spread yourself too thin sometimes, right. then everything just becomes okay. Right. So we still have a lot of perfecting to do on garments we already make. So we, we certainly feel like we need to stay here for a while. Right. And I don't think that my myself could take any more right now. Right. <laughs> I don't think right. I, we could do any more. Right. <clears throat> so now, um, you, now you guys do make all your jeans uh, stateside, correct? Or yes, yes. So we make all of our jeans in Los Angeles now, just denim. Right. Um, we used to source um, almost exclusively from Cone Mills, and they had a mill in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. um, it shut down sadly a little over a year ago. Okay. So we are not able to source denim out of the States anymore. Um, oh, yeah. But we do, we still source it. It comes out of Mexico. The yeah. denim's made in Mexico, but a lot of the cotton still exported down to Mexico from the States. Right. Um, so we still believe in that story, but no, as far as our, um, where they're made and finished and all of that, it's done in Los Angeles. Um, so we're pretty proud of that. We're over in LA very frequently managing production and doing those things. So that's really nice to be that hands-on with, with your garments. Yeah, that's great. And I know you guys yeah. are doing some, uh, I mean, of course, you know, we have your products up here, NRS in the store, and then you guys are doing some stuff out at, uh, I was just talking to Sue about that, uh, at uh, Simpsons yes. Arena. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I haven't been up there yet. I know Sue was just visiting with you. Right. Um, but I haven't been up there to see any of that. So I still need to make a trip up to Wickenburg and I haven't been into the new store, honestly, oh. since it's become NRS. I know I'm so yeah. behind right now. Yeah, you you definitely need to come up and visit. I definitely. do. I need to make a weekend, maybe sometime after, um, you know, after we get through NFR and the holidays. Yep, you bet. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Are you guys going to be going? Will you be going up to Vegas for NFR? You know, I'm not going this year. We we went last year, but uh, we're just we're focusing on you know uh, the store here and and all the robots mm -hmm. in town. Cause there's, there's so much going on here. So, uh, yes, there is, there yeah. is for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Amanda, I, I really appreciate you you coming on and, and sharing your story. And it's, it's great to, to talk to you finally, after all these years, when I ordered from your father, was it your father-in-law <laughs> back in, I think, 2000, yes. I, think, I think it was 2013. <laughs> and, uh, yes, he, when we would be out and we only had Matt and I in the office at the time, he was sharing an office with us. So if our phone would ring, he would answer it. Right. He had several customers try to return a garment for some reason. And he talked him out of it and told him he needed to keep them. <laughs> <laughs> he was the best customer service. Oh, I, I remember. I remember it. He was super, he was super cool. Super nice. It was great. Yeah. Well, well, definitely. Thanks for having me. And I'm so glad we were able to do this today. Yeah, absolutely. And then I look forward to uh, to seeing you up here maybe after the first year and meeting you in person. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much. You bet. And we'll talk soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Hey, I want to thank all of our listeners and sponsors of the show. Without you, the show would not be possible. We so appreciate the reviews and ratings, which increases awareness in our effort to grow the fan base of the cowboy, rodeo, and Western lifestyle culture. If you are new to the show, or have been a listener for a while and have just not had the opportunity to rate and review the podcast, it's really simple. Just trot your pony over to the iTunes Apple Podcast, click on the show, scroll down to rate and review, and give us a five-spur rating. The podcast is available on Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher, as well as many other platforms where you listen to podcasts. Just type Modern Cowboy Podcast into the search bar to subscribe, listen, rate, and review. And if you're interested in being a sponsor of the show to showcase your business, DM us on Instagram at Modern Cowboy Podcast or message us on our website, 
www.moderncowboypodcast.com. Legendary men, sons of the desert, and riders on the wind. I got a restless spirit burning deep inside of me. I ain't got much, but I'm free. I've always been one to do it my own way. I'm making my living between the saddle and the stage. I don't know nobody, nothing. Everything I got's my own Some say I'm just a man to the bone I'm a cowboy, yes I am I was born to rope and ride I'm a cowboy, that's my brain Until the day I die From the radio to the rodeo, I'm gonna do my thing. I don't compromise on nothing. What you see is what you get. I may be broken, busted, but they ain't killed me yet. I'm a cow.